Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, according to Matthew, chapter 6, starting with verse 19. Jesus is speaking here and he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The story goes like this. There was a man who had amassed a lot of wealth in his life. He was uh, somebody who had worked hard for a long, long time. And he felt very close to everything that he had earned in his life. And he just couldn't bear the thought of having to go to heaven without a little something that he earned along the way. So the man made a plan and wrote it into his will so that at his funeral, his children had to comply with everything he asked them to. In his request, after he passed away, his children discovered that they wanted, or he had to, they had to get a briefcase, put two gold bars from his private safe in the briefcase, and then handcuff it to his wrist to be placed in his coffin with him with the key to that handcuff in his pocket. And his family did everything that he requested. And lo and behold, he found himself in heaven, right at the pearly gates, right in front of St. Peter, it says. He had his handcuffs, he had his briefcase, he reached in his pocket and he had the key too. And he walked up to St. Peter and St. Peter told him, or said to him, Welcome, but you didn't need to pack a suitcase. Everything you could possibly need is here. But out of curiosity, what's in the suitcase? And the man said, it's not a suitcase, it's a briefcase. And he used the key, he took off the handcuffs, he opened the briefcase, and there were the two bars of gold. St. Peter looked down at the gold and he looked up and he said, how nice, you brought pavement. Yeah, it didn't go over in the first service well either. <laughs> because in heaven, there's supposed to be uh, uh, streets of gold. Okay, all right. But, okay, the story isn't that funny, let's admit it. But here's somebody who treasured something, and it was just something to walk on in heaven. We have a treasure problem in our lives. And if we don't work out our treasure problem, we're going to find ourselves miserable and we're going to find ourselves not as loving of God and neighbor as we want to be. That is something that I think Jesus is trying to get across in the scripture that we read for today. If you remember, Pastor Michael read to us from Matthew chapter 6. It is from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is on a hillside or a mountainside right at the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful place 
to be, high up on the hillside or mountain, looking out at the Sea of Galilee. It is a freshwater lake in Israel. You can see the other side, but you'll also see boats out on the lake with fishermen like some of the disciples had been fishing. You could see some of the towns from where Jesus likely stood. It's near the Mount of the Beatitudes. It may not be exactly where he stood, but it's possible that that is the area. And you can see the home of of Peter, Capernaum. You can see across the sea in some of the other cities, Tiberias and others. And this is where Jesus spoke these words from the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is all about what we need to understand, how to live and know God and our lives and what we're supposed to do as followers of Jesus. What is the kingdom of God like and how can we live like that? One of the major themes in the Sermon on the Mount is how we can develop humble and generous hearts. Humble and generous hearts. In fact, if you look at chapter 6 alone, it starts off with how we give to the poor. We're supposed to do so privately, generously, not making a show of it. When it talks about praying in public, Jesus says, don't do that. Just pray to God. Have a heart-to-heart with God. Don't make a big show out of it. Be humble in your relationship with God. And then, of course, we get to generosity. And we see that Jesus not only links generosity to how we treasure God, but also to our worry. At the very end of chapter 6, Jesus tells his disciples and those listening, do not worry, God will take care of you. So Jesus says that our, our treasure problem is linked to our own worry about the future, as well as our willingness, our unwillingness to be generous to God and others. Think about this. We have this treasure problem because of our worry about tomorrow. This is not something new. This goes back to the very beginning of who we are as people. People that did not have the resources or even the technologies to take care of tomorrow. They lived each day anxious about what might happen. And yet, even in the future where we live now, we still worry about tomorrow. We still worry about what may befall us. And so we want to be as ready for tomorrow as possible for any future need that might be out there. And this is not what Jesus is talking about. It's not about worrying and being prepared for tomorrow. It's not even about having treasure or wealth. It's about what happens to us when we do not use it correctly. Jesus is consistent on this throughout the scripture. He says that the love of money, or at least the worship of money is part of our problem. When it becomes that part of who we are and what we trust in, that it becomes an issue. But it's also about when we hoard things and we do not share generously with others, that we become a little bit more difficult to live with and we turn more inward. Think about this. The more that we hold on to these things, these riches, these wealths, these resources, the more we start believing that they're ours. And the more that we start believing that they're ours, something we earn and not a gift from a loving God, we stop trusting in God 
And we start, of course, holding on more tightly to what we have and ignoring our neighbors. There are two biblical principles about generosity that I would like to focus on today. And the first of those comes from the passage we read. The first principle is this. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, if you think about it, we treasure some various things in our lives. There are things that we love and we care for, things we want to take care of. Some of these things are good. Some of these things are not. But when we treasure something, we place our heart, our hope, our dreams upon these very things. Think about when we look at the stock market and we see things start going the wrong direction. It physically can affect us. Our hearts are so tied to our treasure sometimes that we don't know what to do. And again, this is part of our human issue. We worry about what will be tomorrow. We need to understand sometimes, though, that the things that we put our trust in are not always going to be there for us, and they're not always the best things for us. It may not be wealth or investments. It might be something else. In fact, Tim Keller, a pastor and author, tells us that human beings are idle factories. (laughs) When we are anxious, when we are worried, when we don't know what's going to happen, we will run to the first thing or person who promises an easy fix or easy comfort with no pain in the process. And when we cannot find uh, anything or anyone like that, we will often make our own. Think about the Israelites as they're wandering out in the wilderness. They are there waiting for Moses to come down with orders and commands from God. And while they're waiting and waiting, they're anxious and they're worried about being out there in the open with nowhere to go at this moment. They're worried. They're scared. And what do they do in the midst of Moses being gone? They start collecting all their gold. And they melt it down and they form it into a golden calf so that they can worship it. Moses was barely down from the mountain when he saw them so quickly turning away from God and turning to this false idol. Something that they created because of their anxiety. We are idol factories. When we are nervous or anxious, we turn to things that are not always good for us. And what Jesus is telling us, when we treasure the wrong things... We get ourselves in trouble because it's not only that we put value in it, it's because we, out of our humanness, put our hearts into that very thing as well. When we worship something that is not like God, we end up giving pieces of our heart to it, investing it into it, and it often evaporates. When I was uh, with the confirmation class last Sunday at St. Simon's Island, some of them are here with us this morning. You may have seen a picture from that trip. If you were here last Sunday, Robert, Pastor Robert, posted the picture, and he made a big point of how no one would sit with me on the pew at the chapel uh, that we were were at. And I I just want to push back against that a little bit. I was sitting there to try to, you know, keep the peace with some of the kids that were there. It wasn't that nobody wanted to sit with me. But I got the, the, the joy to be with our confirmation class, and they did such wonderful things. They got to see where John Wesley walked at the fort in Frederica, where he taught people, where he evangelized to the natives here in the States, uh, in America. But he also, uh, tr- you know, m- created 
uh, a little bit of a movement here before he had to go back uh, to England. The kids got to see this beautiful place in Georgia connected to our denomination. While we were there, the students were asked to create worship services for one another. And one of the services was on an afternoon on, on Saturday where the students got together outside and demonstrated for us a passage from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 that is, again, part of the Sermon on the Mount. In it, the students talked about the wise builder who built his house on the rock and the foolish builder who built his house on the sand. And to sort of teach this passage to the students and the adults that were with us, they got a rock from the ground somewhere and then they got some sand from the beach. And they came up and they held, one student had the rock, one student had the sand. And they had a bottle of water and they poured the water over the rock. In the scripture, it says that the winds came and torrential rains came and it was poured, pouring down over the house that was built on the rock. And did the house fall down? No, it didn't. But then they poured the water over the sand about how the same winds and the same rain came over the house built on sand. And the student holding that sand, the water mixed with it and every little crack or every little crevice in their hands, sand and water started pouring out and there was nothing left but a few grits of sand right there in their hand. And it was a beautiful image, not only about a wise person building their house on the solid foundation of God, I think it's also an image for us today about where we place our hearts. When we place our hearts, our lives, our future upon something that is other than God, it's like building our faith, our hope, our future right there on that sand. When the winds and waters come, it evaporates. But if we can put our hopes, our dreams, and our future, if we can treasure everything that is in and of that rock from God, then we will be sustained. When we treasure the right things, we put ourselves in the best hands possible. Now, the second biblical principle that I want to share with you is giving first fruits, the title of our series over the next few weeks, giving first fruits. Now, this comes from the Old Testament. It was usually done right now during the time of October or early November when the Jews would begin bringing the first fruits of the harvest to the temple. In fact, the word first fruit in Hebrew literally means promise to come. So if you can imagine, they were farming their food. They relied on this food and they would go out into the fields and they would see fruit or grain popping up the first of the season. And there was no guarantee that the fruit or the grain would continue to come. But they took this first and best yield from the crops and they would bring it and to the temple and give it to, to God. In a way, giving the first thing that came to them, giving it to God and trusting that God would provide them what is to come, promise to come. They gave the first fruits, trusting that God would come through for them. In a sense, I think this is a practice that helps us build generous and humble hearts, something that Jesus wants for each of us. When we can learn to give the first fruits, 
We learn to take care of God first, and we learn to invest in him first, freeing us up, hopefully, to then take care of others and ourselves. What this might look like would include things like making sure that you budget for God in your giving first and not waiting to the end of the month to seeing what's left over. For the food pantry this month, that might mean something like going to your pantry and not looking for the worst thing, the thing that's been on your shelves for years that you want to get rid of to the food pantry because somebody there will be hungry enough to eat it. Don't do that. Find the thing that you eat the most of. If you have teenage boys, you know they loved baked beans and you give those baked beans to the food pantry. Don't wait or don't look for the thing that you don't need. Give the first and the best to God. You can go get more, but give the first and the best to God. Now, why is this important to us? I think it's because of what Jesus tells us. Where our treasure is, our hearts will be also. And so when we hold on to things, we treasure it, our hearts begin belonging to things or to others instead of belonging to God. And so by taking care of God first, we are hopefully putting our hearts in the right place. And therefore, when God has access and ownership of our hearts, he can do something good and great with them. What Jesus says about giving first fruits is that it's like putting our treasure in heaven. Now, we can't literally put treasure in heaven. It's not like with every good work. It's not like everyone who went on Asbury Serves yesterday now has a little bit better section of heaven because they invested, right? We cannot put our treasure in heaven. We cannot put things away on layaway for the future. That's not how heaven works. So building up treasure in heaven is not about putting it away for the future with God. It's about building hearts and doing things that build up the kingdom of heaven. Think about the people who were reached yesterday. They might be in anxious times. They may be worried about tomorrow. They may feel guilty about some of the things they've done or even hopeless The treasure of heaven is the gift or the work or the donations or the time that have been given. And now a little piece of heaven is more accessible to them because of a four-hour work day for others. Maybe treasures in heaven is about bringing heaven closer to other people. But remember, it's also about our hearts, right? Where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. What if instead of giving a little piece of our heart to these things that we treasure on earth, what if every time we do something generous for other people, every time we make a difference in other people's lives, every time we give them hope with an act of good mercy and love, we're placing a little piece of our heart in heaven already. And with every work, every good deed, every act of generosity, a little bit more of our heart is there. And the more of our heart that goes to heaven, the more we will treasure it, right? The more we will treasure God, the more we will treasure what it means to be in God's family. It becomes more a part of who we are and how we live. Even through things like good works, God can create humble and generous hearts within us. 
But it takes practice. It takes effort. It takes making it a pattern of our lives. Giving first fruits, giving from the first and the best is one of those practices that helps us continue to place our hearts in the right treasure. It can sometimes make us worry because we don't know if we'll have something else, but that's why it's a first fruit. It's because of the promise to come that God will be there to take care of us. (laughs) Years ago, there was a Methodist church in Ohio that during the season of Christmas and Advent uh, had a, a new program, a new theme, a new sermon series, and it was called Christmas is Not Your Birthday. Christmas is not your birthday. Whose birthday is Christmas? That's right, Jesus. But oftentimes, we, we give presents to ourselves, right? We get more for ourselves than we ever give to Jesus at Christmas. And so, this pastor had a brilliant idea. Christmas is not your birthday. And he challenged his congregation. He challenged his congregation. Whatever you spend on Christmas this year, give the equal amount to our mission project in Africa. About a week or two after this event or this challenge started, there was no knock at the pastor's office door. The member of the church barged in and stopped all the way from the door to the pastor's desk. And with force, he slammed his checkbook onto the desk and he took his pen and he wrote frantically, writing out the check, signing it, tearing it off and putting it right in front of the pastor. And he looked at him with a little bit of animosity. And he said, I paid for my entire family to go on a week-long cruise in Alaska (laughs) for Christmas. Don't ever do this again. (laughs) He was probably pretty mad at that moment, but the pastor heart in me wonders if we were to find that gentleman now, if we were to find him and ask him, do you miss that money? Do you miss it? And, and I wonder what he feels about the people in Africa that that money helped. The children and the parents and the people in need. Does he ever thank God that he wrote that check? God wants us to have humble and generous hearts. And the more that we hold on to what God has given to us, the more it becomes toxic for us. But when we can learn to be generous, when we can learn to thank God and to love our neighbor with all the resources we have, I think we'll be more like Jesus. And I think that will make the difference, a big difference in the lives of other people around us. Let's be people who treasure God, who put our heart in heaven piece by piece and day by day. And I love this image. Somebody said that if we live like citizens of heaven now, when we get there, we'll feel right at home. Thanks be to God. Amen.